Hello, this is Dr. Beverly Wright, and thank you for listening to Tag Data Talk, sponsored by Emory Continuing Education and hosted by Dr. Beverly Wright. Tag Data Talk covers topics on the current state and future outlook of analytics and data science using an interview format with professionals and academics to discuss use cases, future trends, talent and skills, organizational structures, tool advancements, and other topics related to data science. Thanks for listening. Hello, this is Dr. Beverly Wright, and thanks for joining Tag Data Talk. With us today, we have Kaushik Data, Lead of Innovation Hub within IT at Mercedes-Benz USA, and we're talking about the human behavior side of data science. Thanks for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Awesome. Well, let's start off with a little bit about you, Kaushik. Uh, tell us, why are you so cool? Oh, really? I didn't know that I was so cool. <laughs> um... Um, you had a, um, this is how I can describe myself, um, since this is a topic related to data. Uh, I'll mention some numbers. I think I've, um, uh, said this maybe in the past or not. I don't know. Uh, 91, 94, 97, 2000, 2003, 2008, 2012, 2015, here I am. Uh, you essentially, um, um, went through my career. Uh, from 91. 91 is when I graduated uh, with a master's degree in statistics. Um, and since then, uh, um, most of my career was spent within IT. Uh, in 2000, I joined Mercedes-Benz USA. Uh, my first daughter was born. In 2003, my second daughter was born, and I became an employee at that time. Before that, I was a contractor. Nice. And uh, since then, um, yeah, I have built quite a number of IT systems uh, within the company. Um, and uh, one thing stuck uh, with me. Uh, one of the systems is still alive in the sense like I built it in 2000 and still being used by the company and another system that never went live. And that was an aha moment like, oh, there's something interesting here. And that led to me um, find these nuances about human behavior that makes one product so good that it lasts decades. Yes, and uh, other products yeah. that never get integrated. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah. Let's unpack that in just a second. So I, I would say some of the reasons you're cool. You work for Mercedes-Benz. That's pretty cool. Mm. Your last name is Almost Data, mm -hmm. and you build systems that have been used for decades. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Let's start off with um, what do we mean by the human behavior side of data science? Or what do we mean by human behavior, period? Like, what does that mean in this context? Yeah, um, one of the things that I have started noticing that we tend to fail to notice, but I have not figured out um, that well, is there a framework of how not to fail to notice? Mm. And uh, I spent some time uh, in Flashpoint here, um, uh, the Center for Deliberate Innovation within Georgia Tech. Uh, this is a program run by Professor Merrick. And uh, while being in that program, um, one thing relatively became uh, clearer. Uh, we started understanding the cognitive bias aspect of human being. Mm -hmm. Uh, which means something like this. Like, uh, I remember I was um, going to a panel uh, session at uh, Yale, and uh, I thought I would dress up, uh, mm -hmm. so I should buy a nice blazer or something. Mm -hmm. And then uh, that place was five miles away, and another place five miles away. 
but that place has something more interesting a notebook which is reusable because the ink with which you write um it can evaporate when you heat mm-hmm. so that's like a reusable notebook hmm. so that to me was like oh wait a second i used pencil and the pencil had an eraser a pen doesn't have an eraser how does this person come up with this thing mm-hmm. and uh, remember from a choice point of view i was like oh this is 5 miles away and it is 15 dollars less the blazer versus this is 15 dollar cost of that notebook and my mind was trying to decide which 15 dollar is going to give me the more value mhm and the conference is in yale <laughs> so i was thinking like oh to talk about how we failed to notice i need the notebook rather than the blazer ah <laughs> uh, interesting <laughs> okay so you had to prioritize yeah and that kind of decision making all the time happens when sometimes when you are working on a project you come up with a cost analysis like oh this is how much you are going to save over a period of time but how do we make that decision mm okay right? so it's the it, it's it's something you've observed that we really just haven't even noticed right. which is the cognitive processing that has to happen beyond the data science that's still part of the decision making process yes very much uh one interesting uh, situation is like this uh, this is a i'm painting a like a fictional situation think about this i am a salesman i need to get rid of the car that is there on my lot mm-hmm. right how do i actually position the pricing so that that car actually moves first out of that lot mm-hmm. compared to other cars now i was thinking like oh wait a second the problem is something similar like small medium large right and this one if i position it in the medium side of things that means i can put another product in front which is cheaper mm-hmm. but doesn't have enough features mm. and i can position the other one the price is really high which you cannot afford what is going on in your head is like oh i have three choices but essentially you have two choice the one is absurd mm-hmm. and your mind is actually fooled Mhm. You're thinking I'm making a decision between 1 out of 3. Actually you're making a decision between 1 out of 2. Gotcha. So that's uh one of the ways to look at, you know, how our mind works to actually make a decision. But we don't we don't notice that, do we? We don't understand that. And uh, we're we're sort of um almost not deliberately, but in some ways I feel like we're tricking ourselves yes. into the problem set into the choices that we have into mm-hmm. how we set things up that's it sounds like that's what you're saying we mean by the human behavior side yeah for example if i talk about like okay i'm going to give you one you give me 1 dollar i'll give you 1 and 1/2 dollars tomorrow if you wait one more month mm-hmm. i'll give you 1 and 1/2 dollars then which one would you choose and now i can frame that same question slightly different way and the answers would be different Mhm and that what is that is what is very interesting to me for example if i tell someone to multiply 1 times 2 times 3 times 4 times 5 that person will start multiplying and find out the answer mhm but if i say okay multiply 10 times 11 or 11 times 12 times 13 times 14 and you're like well that's a large number i don't know the answer mm and you will not even go there right even though your mind is actually in this case tricked 
in terms of finding the answer. Yeah. So that kind of thing all the time happens. We just don't pay attention to that. So there's a system one and a system two. Yes. So that's what is going on here. Gotcha. Um, intriguing. So how, how, why is this important? Why is it important to recognize that there is a human behavior side? Because you mentioned, um, wouldn't it be cool to have a framework so that we don't mm. sort of miss what's happening? Because we, we're definitely bringing things to the table. We're not starting off with um, with nothing. Correct. We're bringing in our own, I don't know, um, false framing or false Yeah, you're bringing in notions. a hypothesis, we essentially. Are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we are trying to figure out what is the alternate hypothesis in this case mm-hmm. and trying to prove is the hypothesis true or not. Right. And one of the things that we are trying to learn here is um, let's talk about not the idea. Let's talk about who it is for. Mm. Who are the people? And that's why I made that quote, which you referred to. Mm-hmm. You know, um, technology is easy, people are hard. So yes. if we start looking at the people and the way they do things, we might actually realize that the framework or the solution that we have in our head is probably not the right way to go about it. Mm. There's something else to look at. Mm-hmm. So it is more about talking with people observing the people in their own world and then coming up with the solution part of it rather than looking at the solution and finding the problem, which is typically what we see in the world of data science also. It's like, oh, we have lots of data. Mm -hmm. So let's look at the data. But let's look at the people first. Ah, so it's sort of putting, pivoting pivoting this or or turning it upside down on its head. That's interesting. Yeah. So why is it important that we recognize this? Like, I mean, you know, someone might argue like, hey, it's been working so far. Don't we are always going to have some sort of bias or pre-notion? Like, why is it important that we understand what we're bringing um, before we even start observing the the problem? Right. So, for example, um, I can give you one recent example that um, has happened. Mm One fine day, one of the IT managers came up and said like, hey, we are new in this building and everybody is having a problem in finding the meeting rooms. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I was like, no, we shouldn't build it. Why? Because you will have your own favorite room to go to. Mm -hmm. And the people that you are working with, they they will have their favorite room to go to. Mm -hmm. So do we really need a system? Mm -hmm. Okay. So nowadays I typically look at when people come to us saying that, hey, this is our idea, first thing is like that person is not only coming with an idea, he's coming with a solution also. I see. Right? Mm-hmm. So how do we actually slow people down to see the phenomena first rather than the solution? Right. Right? That's the question. That's the real question. Like there is a question behind the question because of which they came up with that idea. Yeah. Let's dig there. Right. And that's the people part of it and looking at the situation. So what we say is situations are real. Ideas may not be. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I call the why, why, by yeah. the way. It's like not just the why, but the why, why. So um, some of the ways that we can help solve for this, you've already hinted about a couple. One of them you talked about was um, just talking to people, not just within the data science team or the person working on it, but talking to the other people that are involved it, in it. And then a second thing you mentioned is um, – observation, like putting yourself into those um, those scenarios. Like when I used to work for um, Atlanta Gaslight, as an example, working on industrial customer data, I would go out to the plants, you know, and, and check around and learn a little bit about what they do. 
Um, what other advice would you say on how do we solve this? Like, how do we start putting the problem before the solution? Yeah, so uh, when we actually talk about talking with people, we try to uh, do few things. For example, if the person we are talking to based on the subject that is in question, mm -hmm. we try to understand how this person is in their own life. Mm -hmm. Like, is this person um, a college-going kid? who is coming here and working in this organization? Or is this person 20 years in this organization? So now that itself is a very interesting data point, but there is no data around that data point, right? And then when we actually go and kind of figure out, okay, how do we actually find the situation for which they are saying that I don't have anything in place, yeah? Mm -hmm. We try to actually dig into a situation like this. Uh, I'll give you an example. We had a hypothesis that, you know, we do not need um, car keys. And then we actually said, how do we actually find how people are living their lives? So we actually never spoke about whether people have car keys or how do they take their car keys and all that. We never asked the question so-called why. Because for why, we can come up with a reason which may not be true. We actually paid attention just before leaving home, what are the things they are carrying? Because mm -hmm. that itself is so much data that when we think about the solution part of it, we actually know in this case, you know, car key is okay because she carries a purse yeah. and purse can have the car key. Yeah. So in that case, our solution that we are thinking about is not so relevant. Mm. This data does not arrive unless we spend time with people to find out what is the phenomena where actually this is coming in. We do see there are digital keys, yeah? We have digital locks. Mm -hmm. We have digital uh, keys nowadays in uh, hotels. Yeah. So why is it still not that popular in every home? Yet we have a digital garage door opener. Mm -hmm. So all these observations are coming because we spend time with people. Mm -hmm. And you have to be deliberate about it. That means you have to go out you have to make an assumption of like what we are going to observe. Right. And then go into the situation yeah. and study the situation in a lot more depth. Gotcha. Like what exactly happened when you left and you locked the key for the door mm -hmm. versus the garage versus whatever way you're locking your system. You have an app. You actually locked with the app. Are these two different things talking to each other. Mm -hmm. Just really unpack the unpack problem. Unpack the whole problem yeah. by actually talking to people. It's funny. Um, it reminds me of this really old case study of um, upright vacuums yes. and how they became um, the extended and components and all that kind of jazz because they watched people, how they used them, and they were trying to clunk them downstairs. Yeah. And it wasn't until you really observed the actual problem in action that they started coming up with the idea of like components. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about the data science piece of it with the key problem. Yeah. yeah. Um, we actually went to even the dealer to see when people lose car keys, what exactly happens at the dealership. Mm -hmm. Customer calls. They have a way to actually verify the customer. They have a system to order this car key. Mm -hmm. And then I, without building a system, <clears throat> without building the system, we actually tried to 
create a hypothesis, like if this system could actually send this message to the customer, mm-hmm. and the person who was uh, whose job was to actually order this uh, fulfillment for the lost keys, mm-hmm. he said, I like that idea because you are taking away we the concern that we have to identify a person. But let me tell you this. And he brings his Samsung phone, puts it on the table, and he goes, most of the keys that I order are damaged by water. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. And this Samsung phone, they say, it is waterproof. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I know what you're saying. Right. I don't need to build a system. You have a system. We just need to make the car keys waterproof. Mm-hmm. That itself is such a subtle thing right. that will not arrive from the data analytics that I have. Mm-hmm. And I would have been going around building a system. But if you unpack that actual problem and you are, start understanding what it is that's happening from a human behavior perspective, right. you get closer to what you need to actually solve. This right. is putting the problem first. Problem first. Very interesting. Um, who who needs to be a part of these kind of conversations to make this, this uh, realization occur? Like, are these psychologists? Are these people that understand cognitive processing? Are these process improvement kind of people like what would who do you think needs to come to the data science table to help us out that's a very good question i haven't figured this out in terms of what the composition of the team should be Mm -hmm. i feel like there has to be a way to actually talk about these things it doesn't matter what your background is Mm. for example i spend most of the time in it Mm -hmm. Uh, my degree is in statistics yeah i have a team member um, who has a degree in automotive engineering she's a phd But when we all, and then we have another team member who is a mechanical engineer, when we all three sit with this mindset, we actually unpack things in a very different way. And I think it's an effort that needs to be made. I'm not sure how often this is done. Um, But we uncover things that makes us even feel like, wait a second, what did we find here now? So that to me is... um, the composition of the team uh, definitely needs uh, some background in um, psychology, if preferred, but I'm not sure uh, a psychologist will work with an IT team and all that part. Right, so right. I'm not well, figuring that out. <laughs> it's interesting because um, even um, right now, we're I'm starting to notice that um, as we're doing more data ethics and data science ethics, sure. that we're bringing in all kinds of disciplines, people that are, you know, background right. in sociology and humanities and um, maybe even religious studies mm-hmm. or, you know, ethics themselves. So that this might be another one of those situations that really requires multidisciplinary Absolutely. Um, kind of solutions. So my last question uh, for you, uh, Kaushik, is, what would you say is your final piece of advice for an analytics professional that's trying to really understand the human behavior side of mm. data science? Like, what can you tell some new guy that just started? Yeah, I would say... Because um, nobody knows about this, right? <laughs> this is really informative. <laughs> yeah. Um, here's an example I can talk about, and then we can arrive at that thing. Sure. Um, you know, when people talk to me because they know like I work in Mercedes-Benz, I've worked for many years. They think that I know um, transportation really well, Mm -hmm. uh, transportation business to some extent. And then I go back in in time uh, to look at like, uh, let's look at the phenomena. Right. The phenomena was uh, steam engine was there and then I was um, going to another place once in three months. Mm -hmm. And uh, the railway industry figured it out how to move uh, goods as well as people. Uh, 
And we would plan long time ahead to actually go to this place and then we would go once in three months, right? What, uh, what did happen there? Um, they did not realize like, oh, there could be roads, right? And then the cars arrived. Now you're going to the same place three times in a month. So that form you cannot realize at that point of time. Right. And then from there, if you look at it, somebody said, oh, wait, there is all this infrastructure there. And uh, you have, um, uh, you can put a pole and a wire, right? So similarly, think about this. Now you can talk with that person three times in a day. Yeah. Right? And now if you look at uh, even further, these are like forms that you cannot notice, right? Mm -hmm. So if you look at the same analogy in the car industry, it is more like, okay, there are roads. So the four wheels can go. Yeah. But there are many places where there are no roads. Mm -hmm. So now I can build two wheelers where we can go. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, going to that point, you may not realize that, oh, it's not the question of going somewhere. It's something that is moving around. For example, I saw this beautiful house, mm -hmm. right? And lush green lawn. They cannot not keep the lawn lush green like that. Mm -hmm. So they need a lawnmower. What is that we are good at? We are good at building engines. Yes. Right? So we never realize where our strength is. Strength is building engines. So now we could have made autonomous lawnmower. You hmm. see that? Mm -hmm. That's a completely new line of business. There is a completely new set of people who want that. All of a sudden, you have actually created a whole customer segment. Mm. And that is going to come only with these human observations, right? Mm. So that's the point I'm trying to say here. So there is something like um, people do what they cannot not do. Mm hmm if we can actually find that thing out, what is the not-not of a person? Mm -hmm. And then we can figure out where the gap lies. Right. And they would arrive being a customer if we solve the right gap. Right. It was the quote with Henry Ford that if he had asked people what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse? Yes, correct. Sometimes you have to think about the problem before you come up with the solution. Right, right. And spend more time there. Yeah, awesome. I love it. Thank you so much to Kaushik Data for talking to us today about the human behavior side of data science. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. Thanks for listening to Tag Data Talk, sponsored by Emory Continuing Education. I'm Dr. Beverly Wright. Have a great data set. <laughs>